in time for another Waxing Lyrically. This is your announcer, Kurt Schneider, inviting you to find your seat, silence your cell phone, and join us on this journey into the actor's mind. From the Waxing Lyrically Studios, located inside the beautiful Brownwood Lyric Theater, please welcome your host for today, Alisa Hinton. This is Elisa Hinton, and I am here interviewing Eric Evans as we discuss the new 2023 lineup for the Lyric. I couldn't even begin to tell you how many people have walked in my door. I've had three today who've walked in and said, uh, you've not announced the shows yet, have you? I said, well, no, but we're getting ready to. We're within a week of this going out. and So there's uh, a little bit of demand. That's encouraging to me. And at the same time, it is, uh, it's a little daunting mm-hmm. because, you know, you're all, I'm always looking, trying to read people's nonverbal communication. <laughs> do yeah, you know what I mean? I know exactly when, when, what you when mean. You're, when you're trying to do it, I'm going, I <laughs> wonder if that's a good, yeah, that good or bad. So it's pretty, it's, I think it's pretty encouraging though. We just, we just got it cemented in though. I mean, I just finished getting the last one today, so. Awesome. Well, can we talk a little bit about the process before we go into the big reveal? I'm interested when you say that you just got it finalized. So what are some of the steps that go into getting these shows? Okay, so uh, we've done something this year that we haven't done before. We we secured the rights to all the shows. Oh, yes. So I don't have to announce a show and then think, oh, I'm going to get to do it because we tried that last year and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago, everybody was pretty pumped about that happening and then we just couldn't get the rights for it and that happened again this year with one of the shows that we were looking at we had a uh, we wanted to do shrek oh uh, yeah and then uh, we couldn't get the rights for it so as a result so what is the process for getting the rights i mean just quickly i, I don't know anything about how that even works so we have to make application uh to uh whoever holds the rights to it you know theatrical world or you know like dreamworks in case, dreamworks in the case or whatever Shrek. whatever it may be you okay. know for us uh depending on the show what it could be but you know mti there's any number there's four or five out there concord theatricals okay you know there's some big ones that that host a lot of different places you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but you you have to make application in order to make application you have to know when you're going to do it you have to tell them you know, how many you expect to have. You have to kind of give them information about your theater. Some of these places, if we've already done it, they already have a lot of this information. And so, and then we have to know when we're going to perform it. We have to give those particular dates. We have to give any parameters that may surround those particular areas. Yeah. So, so I guess when you're in a planning session, would you say, okay, well for our spring shows, here's some options because what if one falls through, then how do you know what's going to take its place? So that's part of the process. You know, we have a kind of an A, B and C, and then we have a, a group of people uh, that we call our production committee. Mm-hmm. On that production committee, we also include our uh, artistic director, which mm-hmm. is Nancy Jo Humfeld. And if she's in a show, it's very hard for her to talk about another show. As, 
directors can't talk about anything other than what they're doing in the moment, apparently. Uh, but it's it's very it's a challenge for them to do that, and so uh, you know they and you have to think through things. You have to. Uh, you have to think through what is what personnel do you have, and if if you're selecting a show, that's why I got like last year, uh-huh. uh, we had um, um, for our summer musical one of the one of the options we had was uh, to do the show we did, which was Sister Act. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when we were planning that, I said, okay, I got to have a Dora Lee. I right. said, everybody, do we have a Dora Lee? And at the time we go, I don't know that we have a Dora Lee. If we, you know, I said, well, we really can't do Right, Sister because it Act sounds with- like a lot, of, a lot of work and a big process to put something forward. And if you don't have a potential lead, then that's too much work yeah, to you, go in. And we don't want to, and at the same time, most directors don't want to precast so they're in their head. They're right. trying not to precast. They're not trying to assume that this person would be the person. But they have to think through that kind of stuff. And that's the way the committee is at the same time. And when you're doing it for an entire year, uh, we do nine different productions here. And so we're having to think through all of those little nuances that come with it. And then, you know, sure enough, here showed up Dominique and, oh. Well, what a reward that was for us, right? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, phenomenal, phenomenal show. Absolutely I wish amazing. I could have ran even longer than it did. Yeah, it, it just was just an amazing thing. And so uh, all of that kind of stuff kind of comes into play. And then we, you know, here at the theater, we have to sell X amount of tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we've already, already done our budget for next year. So I already know that we're going to need to to increase our attendance 10% if we're going to meet budget expectations next year. At the very minimum, we have to raise uh, another 10% in attendance overall. So things aren't getting less expensive? Is that what you're saying? Well, so we did determine that we didn't think we could go up any more on our tickets. We just, I mean... I mean, I'm a grocery shopper myself, so I, I now I'm not buying near as much beef. Mm-hmm. I'm buying more pork. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find out that pork is cheaper, <laughs> but you know what you can get cheaper? some pork chops <laughs> for five dollars, whereas you would have to spend fifteen dollars. But if let's you have... <laughs> be clear: we're still gonna provide prime rib. Yeah, we're not shows. doing. We're, we're not, not doing, doing a lot pork of pork. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So this is true, but that's that's part of that whole process of what it is. And then we look at the calendar, and in the process of looking at the calendar, uh, we try to give at least six weeks in between shows because um, we think that that's that's a ideal situation. Actually, most directors think they need more than that, but I have found <laughs> six weeks works. Okay, if we can get that in there, that's going to work. And so it's enough as, time to tear down one set, build another. That's exactly right. And, uh, and right now we don't have the capabilities of doing much more than that. And so it becomes uh, a real challenge for us to kind of get all that in. And then we're also here at the theater. We're working at adding where we are going to add the Dale Wheelis concert series. And then we're going to have the Lyric Hayride uh, concert series that's going to be out there. And then we've got a Southern Gospel concert series that's going to come in here. So we're adding nine concerts uh, to the listing of things that we're doing here. So those will be in between. You don't necessarily need a set for those. They can be that's things right. that happen in between. That's right. They will have you know, things that help create the atmosphere for those things. But at the same time, uh, so we're, we're now trying to 
put all of that into it in order to uh, diversify what the lyric does and how the lyric accomplishes that. And so all of that goes into the process. And we will meet, I, don't, I can't even begin to tell you how many times. And uh, there are times when I'll get to a show and I went, oh, this was much more expensive than I thought. Can we make it work in the budget? And then we have to set the budget for the entire year before we can set the shows. We've got to set the budget. And so it's a, it's a, it's a pretty detailed um, And it sounds process. like you have to get the cart before the horse in some cases, you know, because yes. if, you, if you don't apply for the shows, then you have nothing to wonder if you can budget for. That's exactly right. <laughs> So, I mean, people aren't going to buy season tickets to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, so that's that's part of the process. Speaking of that's part of the process. Okay, so here we go. I am, I am very excited. We have six shows for our community and our patrons to look forward to that we are announcing right now. There are also some kids camps. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So we're going to do this kind of a surprise way. And I, I need everyone to know that I personally do not know the lineup. <laughs> Eric does. I'm super excited to, for this big reveal. So, um, we've got these little papers here and they're turned upside down. So I, uh, I can't see a thing. I'm going to hold it up and let Eric announce it. And then he's going to say something based on my expression. There you go. Let's see, let, me, let me read that nonverbal communication exactly. from across the table. He was bragging earlier, so now it's time to prove it. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm as good as it as I think I am. Everybody thinks they're spot on on this nonverbal communication, but and and what we also have done this year, and this has been part of our our process, is we've also got all of the directors lined up now, and then uh, we've got the audition dates lined up and so we think that's going to help our players know those people who are on the stage hey listen this is when i can audition for this this is what it's going to happen and, and maybe kind of get their year planned out a little Absolutely. bit as well because these <clears throat> these shows they take up time and you know the the lyric players are as we know they're volunteers um we we love doing it and so planning in advance is imperative because it takes a lot of time to to work a show. That's right. We had to put together uh, because like uh, some of our uh, grants that we write want to know uh, how many volunteer hours you have in uh, oh, wow. to the show. Uh, and so, matter of fact, when I started doing it, we're well over 100,000 volunteer Absolutely. hours. Uh, and so when you begin thinking it like that, and we... We want to be better at this. We also want to kind of help uh, deepen our pool of not just actors, but those who help direct, those who help stage manage, those who help do all of the nuanced stuff. It feels nuanced, but we couldn't do it without. You, it's you know so good much well behind that the scenes. A, a show doesn't happen without a decent, great stage manager. Absolutely. It's just not going to happen. And sometimes you need costume changers. Uh, you happen to be a costume changer for <laughs> Patsy Cline. Yes. You, you can't do it. That show couldn't have happened without, without uh, yes, multiple people. Host of people back. backstage who mm -hmm. were doing this stuff. So we're trying to be better. Okay, let's get this thing rolling. All right, here we go. And so, show number one. And I don't know, are these in order? 
I don't know. I Paul and I talked about it, so we talked about doing them in order. So okay. I, I'm gonna the way I my mind I'm doing it. We're gonna announce the first show, which happens in February. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then we'll just move on from there. How's that sound? Okay, that sounds great. Okay, so our right. first show. First show is survey says it's going to be Murder on the Orient Express. Wonderful. Yes, and so you know that's kind of a, it's a Ken Ludwig, and we're big fans of Ken Ludwig around here. Uh, we're not doing two in a row like we did last year with him, but so funny. Um, he's just a great writer. He's in this one has it's like a murder mystery, then it has humor. I mean it's Ludwig, and so uh, it's all kind of lined out inside of it. And so that's going to be our show in uh, mid February when we do that. Uh, Darlene Irvin is going to be the director for that show, and uh, she is she is has quickly become a one of the favorites. In She's the in demand, pool. absolutely. Okay, so I have a little synopsis here. Oh, okay, so read it. Okay, a famous detective, Hercule Perot. Maybe I'm not Works saying that for right. Me. Is called back from Istanbul to London on urgent business. While aboard the Orient Express, Perot meets a host of peculiar characters: an aging Russian princess, her Swedish companion, a Hungarian countess, a Minnesota housewife, a Scottish colonel, an English governess, a French conductor, a disagreeable American businessman, imagine that, and his anxious <laughs> secretary. As a snowdrift halts the Orient Express in its tracks, someone is found stabbed multiple times in his locked train compartment. Perot is tasked to solve the murder as the killer could still be in the midst. As Perot investigates, conflicting clues and convoluted alibis lead him to dead ends. Over the course of 48 hours... Will Perot be able to solve the case of the murder on the Orient Express? Hmm. Well, if I'm saying that name wrong, it's probably going to bug everybody about 15 times because that's how many times it was in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, That's okay. Y'all can forgive me. The characters are, we have one lead, which is Hercule Perot, Perio, five supporting males and five supporting females. So again, the auditions are going to be in December. Right. Directed by Darlene Darling Irvin, Irving. Murder and, on the Orient and Express. When you mention how many male females are in the cast, uh, that's part of our thought process. We're trying to uh, work that. Does it make sure we want to have some equity? Equity, I guess you could call it, in in that process for it. So that's our first show, Mur- Murder on the Orient Express. All right. And our second show, drum roll, blah blah blah, <laughs> is. The Foreigner. Have you ever heard of this before? I have not. Okay. So it's it's another one of those shows. Had you ever heard of Noises Off? Yes, I had, <laughs> but only because other folks in theater talked about what a wonderful show it was. Okay, so Prior to, to that, absolutely not. This is one of those shows, okay, where, where uh, people in, in theater world, which people may think I'm in theater world, but I'm really not. I'm more in musical world than I am in theater world. Uh, but it, it is a well-known, it's it's a great show, so well-written, and uh, at the same time, it's just funny. It's it's a bit of a period show. Uh, Nancy Jo Humfeld is going to be the director for this production. Uh, she's done this multiple times. This is, in her world, how popular this is. I'll read the synopsis, the characters, and then we can go into audition times. Okay. The Foreigner is a fun two-act comedy by American playwright Larry Shue. 
The story takes place in a fishing lodge in rural Tilham County, Georgia, where two Englishmen, Froggy and Charlie, arrive as guests. The shy Charlie agreed to accompany Froggy on the trip after his sick wife begged him to go. When people at the lodge try to talk to Charlie, however, he remains silent. He's terribly shy, depressed about his wife's illness, and cannot find the words to reply. Froggy claims that Charlie cannot talk because he is a, quote, foreigner from an exotic country and does not understand English. Taking the explanation that he's a non-English speaker as fact, the lodge's guests quickly begin revealing their secrets, and Charlie soon discovers scandals amongst some of the residents of the lodge. Oh, that sounds fun. So we've got characters. We've got a lead female character, Catherine Sims, uh, male Ellard Sims, another male Owen Musser, another male Reverend David Lee, David Marshall Lee, uh, another male Charlie Baker, a male Staff Sergeant Froggy Lesueur, and a female Betty Meeks. So this one's male heavy. So it it is a little. It does have. More and those than are females. just the lead, or is that all the characters? That's all period? the main characters, and I don't think there's an ensemble with this group either. So, all right. So. so, when are the auditions for the Foreigner? So, the auditions for the Foreigner will take place on uh, February the sixteenth. It's which is actually during Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> I mean, that's how it has to go. <laughs> it's like the second weekend for that, but uh, we do believe if we can get it settled, then then they can they can have a read through right after it, and then move right into. The sooner you can get those those lines down, the better. <laughs> Jimmy's Jimmy's going to appreciate us doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Number three, uh, number what do three, we have? This is that new high school focused group. Okay, and we're going to be doing. Musical. Oh, that is very popular. Right. You know, last year we did. We had. We've had a two years. The first year we did Grease. Then the second year we did Footloose. Uh, this year we're doing High School Musical. One of the things I love about High School Musical is that it's written for voices that are high school, <laughs> and and that is yeah. helpful a great deal. Uh, and so. We think the kids will love it. It'll be popular with them. This is only a one weekend show for us uh, because we really don't have time to do two weekends. Um, so it's a one weekend, four four show weekend. Uh, and I think that uh, the kids are going to love this one. So you don't want to miss your chance to see this one if it's only one weekend. That's right. I mean, it's that first full weekend in June. Uh, that takes place and I think people will enjoy it and who's our lovely director for the high school musical this one is going to be Caitlin Tidwell oh wonderful (laughs) okay well let's see this synopsis for those of you who don't know Disney's high school musical on stage centers on the blossoming relationship between Troy a high school jock and Gabriella the new smart girl at school They meet on a family vacation and become attracted to each other while singing in a karaoke competition. Rediscovering each other at school, their relationship and their surprise decision to audition together for the school show are thwarted by the school's current leading lady, Sharpay, and Troy and Gabriella's well-meaning friends. Finally, Gabriella and Troy find a way to be themselves and are rewarded with the lead roles in the school show. 
Catchy songs and exciting dance routines, Disney's High School Musical on stage explores issues of friendship, first love, and acceptance. So we have a plethora of characters here. We've got... Uh, Look at you using plethora so well. That's great. <laughs> I know big words. <laughs> That's <good>. A big word. <laughs> so we've got a female, Taylor McKenzie, another female lead, Gabriella Montez, a male, Troy Bolton. Male, Chad Danforth. Male, Ryan Evans. Female, Sharpay Evans. Male, Zeke Baylor. Male, Jack Scott. Female, Miss Darbus. Male, Coach Bolton. Female, Martha Cox. Male, Ripper. Female, Kelsey Nielsen. Male, Skater Dudes. Male, Jocks. Uh, either gender is our, for our thespians and either gender for our brainiacs. And then we also have an ensemble. So there are a lot of opportunities for kids to get involved in it's this. It's a good size cast and uh, a nice size, you know, differentiation between male and female for it. Uh, in this particular show, high school kids play high school kids mm-hmm. and, uh, Adults play adults. So there's not a lot of adults in the show, but it's not, we're, we're not doing it for that particular purpose. And so we're excited about it. And so did we talk about auditions for this oh, one? It is set for April 1st. April 1st. April no Fool's Day. <laughs> no fools. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to number four. I think one of the most popular things that we do during the entire year is our community musical. And that's what this is here. <laughs> So this year, we are going to be doing the Adams Family Musical. Oh, yep. cool. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Adams Family. And Billy Harvey is going to be the director for it, and uh, we're pretty we're pretty pumped about this. Oh, one, so. this is great. Now, this is truly a surprise for me, and how exciting. All right, let's talk about the synopsis here. In the kooky upside-down world of the Adams family, to be sad is to be happy, <laughs> to feel pain is to feel joy, and death and suffering are the stuff of their dreams. Nonetheless, this quirky family still has to deal with many of the same challenges faced by any other family, and the spookiest nightmare faced by every family creates the focus, Lippa Brickman and Elisa's musical, The Adams Kids Are Growing Up. The Adamses have lived by their unique values for hundreds of years, and Gomez and Morticia, the patriarch and matriarch of the clan, would be only too happy to continue living that way. <laughs> In their dark, macabre, beloved daughter, Wednesday, however, is now an 18-year-old young woman who's ready for a life of her own. She's fallen in love with Lucas Binky, a sweet, smart boy from a normal, respectable Ohio family, the most Adams-sounding person one could be. And to make matters worse, she's invited the Binkies to their home for dinner. In one fateful, hilarious night, secrets are disclosed, relationships are tested, and the Adams family must face up to one horrible thing they've managed to avoid for generations. Change. 
There you go. How, how, how unnormal and normal does that sound? Okay. So I, I am still pleasantly surprised at how popular this particular show is among a younger demographic, which is also something we, we consider is who are the people we're pulling? Mm-hmm. Who are the people we're wanting to pull? Any business, any company, any organization that's, that's built on growing people coming to you. You always need to be attentive to your demographics of age and that kind of stuff. And uh, so uh, we think this will be a a winner, winner, chicken dinner show. And Billy Harvey is wonderful at it. She's done this before. So she's familiar with it. Uh, People, Billy is also one of our most popular directors. She has a fantastic rapport with people. She has a style that they like when she puts things together. And she there's not any harder working director than Billy out there. And so we couldn't be more pleased that she's willing to do this for us and going to be a part of it. Auditions mm-hmm. for um, The Adams Family is going to be on Saturday, May the 11th. Well, if you're, uh, if you're interested in auditioning, here are the parts. And I'm going to name these with the vocal. A baritone bass, Gomez Adams. <laughs> a mezzo-soprano alto, Morticia Adams. Soprano, mezzo-soprano, Wednesday Adams. A tenor, uh, Mal Binky. A tenor baritone, Fester Adams. Soprano, Alice Bianchi. Uh, tenor, Pugsley Adams. Tenor baritone, Lucas Bianchi. I'm saying that right too. Soprano, Grandma Adams, <laughs> and a bass lurch. And then we have ancestors. So I'm sure that is just the ensemble. And uh, we're going to have fun with that. But it dum Bump, bump. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I, can't, I can't snap both fingers. I, my, I am left handed challenged on snapping. I can snap great with my right hand. Well, I'll make up for um, both of us. But it is, um, this is going to be a great show. People are going to love it. And uh, my kids think it's just cool. Uh, I've always, I have been reticent to do it any time other than around the uh, October 31st period. Uh, but that's never going to be a period <laughs> for us to do something like that. Yeah, for a musical uh, production, I mean, that's just too be, much to do once school starts and everybody right. gets going and back it's just in. too big. Mm-hmm. They're just too big. And so we're, we're pretty pumped about this. Well, one. we'll get people in that spirit, in the Halloween spirit in the summer. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Here we are. Number five. We're getting down to the, to the end. Number five. So number five is going to be our first attempt at drama Ooh. in a good while. Uh, so, but this is going to be a show entitled Picnic. I've heard of okay, Picnic. Okay, so I've heard of it as well. Uh, I am excited to announce this, too, that we're, we've got a new director to the lyric here. Candace Harris is going to direct this for us. I wish you guys could see my face because I had no idea. Yeah. This is great news. We're pretty pumped about Candace Congrats, being willing Candace. to do this, too. And and she certainly has the skill set. She's just not been here. She's a part of our board now. And so we begin to and have have learned a lot of her abilities and what takes place. And I think Candace is going to bring some freshness to our directing pool that uh, we're going to, is going to be a welcomed uh, moment for the lyric when that happens. And, uh, and I've already, I've challenged her. I said, Hey, listen, I want to see some freshness because this is a pretty staid, stereotypical little, and, and the guy in this show has got to be young and willing to go without a shirt. 
Well, we don't have very many of those. Okay, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, you, yeah, you kind of have to be in that little scenario, and um, so, but it's it is it is so iconic for the show that that's just part of what it is. Well, and, and so, that's why we're giving this information early so everyone right. can start hitting the gym. <laughs> Get yourself. <laughs> Start pumping some That's weights. That's right. <laughs> and I'm not young, so I don't have to worry about it. And I'm not male, so I don't have to worry about it. There so there go. we go. We're mm-hmm. both in the clear, Eric. So this show goes up in September. Uh, and so it be- opens on September the uh, 15th. So auditions will probably somewhere in, be in, in late July sometime? Uh, yeah, or at the latest, early August. Okay. What's tough about uh, July is all of these shows. I mean, we literally, we, we are performing four weekends yeah. in the month of July. With the children's shows right. and the musical. and okay, Yeah. So, um, well, let's talk about the synopsis for Picnic. Again, it is a drama. 1950s, a small town in Kansas. On a sweltering Labor Day morning, the women of a quiet neighborhood on the wrong side of the tracks are preparing for the annual picnic. Watchful mother Flo Owens has hopes that her beautiful daughter Madge will get a proposal from Alan, the local millionaire's son. Younger sister Millie, the smart one, yearns to grow up and leave her small town behind. Good-natured Mrs. Potts is happy to get a break from taking care of her aged mother, and spinster schoolteacher Rosemary Sidney cheerfully keeps her boyfriend Howard at arm's length. This seemingly placid feminine environment is disrupted when Hal Carter, a muscular and charming young drifter who happens to be a former fraternity brother of Alan's, hops off the freight train and straight into Mrs. Potts's hospitable home. Hearts are broken and lives are changed in the following 24 hours as Hal's lively, dangerous, masculine energy wakes up the sleepy community. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, do you feel the tension already coming in? Oh, yes. Already feel the tension happening. 24 hours of tension. (laughs) (laughs) So, we've got a male lead, which is Hal Carter, a female lead, Rosemary Sidney, female lead, Madge Owens, along with three supporting female and two supporting male roles. Uh, and yes, it is great to have a more female-centric show on the books. More gals than guys in this yeah, show. Yeah, and that kind of evened out for the other one that was male-heavy, which was... The Foreigner. The Foreigner, mm-hmm. yeah, so. yeah. So that's kind of in our thought process with that. And But one of the beauties, I think people are going to want to be a part of this, especially with Candace being the director. Absolutely. F- feel and see what that looks like, and so we're pretty pumped by that, too. Okay, we're ready for the... Final one. The final six. adult show for final us. Final adult show. That sounds weird. but uh, <laughs> The final <clears throat> non-children's production. Show. There production. you go. <laughs> the final non-children's production for the year There is. you go. Okay, so this happens in Christmas time, uh, but we're going to be doing The Happy Elf. And this is a Harry Connick Jr. musical, okay? I didn't even know that Harry Connick Jr. did musicals, okay? I had no idea, but I'm sure he's great at it. The happy elf. I'm the happy elf. I'm the happy elf, and I just might stop on by. Yeah. The happy elf. I'm the happy elf. I'm the happy elf, and I just might stop on by. Let's go. 
It's just one of those great Christmassy shows. I've watched a little bit of it online, uh, what it has with it. People are gonna love it. They're gonna enjoy the hoopla of Christmas uh, around what this is. And who has the pleasure of directing this? So Nancy Jo Humphill is gonna be our director Yay, for the show. Hey, wonderful. She's so great at putting on these big musical productions and that's from what, top you know, to bottom. Musicals are beasts. <laughs> They're literally I've been in a few. You We're fortunate, right. and Daniel Roseboro, our new director of music here at the theater, is going to be the musical director for it, and uh, she's I also going to be the musical director for uh, Adam's family as well. And so I, it's it's one of those we're we're, able, we're filling in some some needed positions for the mm-hmm. lyric and uh, we're pretty excited and giving about people this. opportunities yeah giving great. them opportunities to uh, shine and and really do what they've studied and learned and and worked at all their so lives. when can we audition for the happy elf they are the third Saturday of October <laughs> third Saturday of October there you go okay great well let's let's have this little rundown. The Happy Elf, the new musical comedy by the Grammy Award-winning and Tony Award-nominated composer and lyricist Harry Connick Jr. The Happy Elf tells a tale of you be the elf, a lovable fellow who wants to spread Christmas joy throughout the town of Bluesville. Hoping to introduce a new generation of children to the joys of jazz, Connick has crafted a musical landscape against which Yubi's story unfolds. This festive tale of overcoming adversity, friendship, the power of positivity, and believing in yourself is the perfect treat for the whole family. Oh, this sounds good. I love <laughs> yeah, it's, jazz. It's, uh, it's, it's just fun, and the music's fun, and so I, I, the, the cast can be diverse uh, with what it is, and I think that's all real positive. Yeah, th- this says the casting, it's a flexible cast size. There's children, adults, uh, all types of roles. We've got a, a brief, briefly for the characters, we have a male who is Yubi. We have a female who's aged around 12. Her name is Molly. We have a male aged 20 to 30, which is Ham. We have a female age 20 to 30, which is Gilda. We have a male age 30 to 40, Norbert. We've got Santa, 50 to 60 years old, and a male. We have female Mrs. Claus, 50 to 60 years old. We've got the mayor, who is male, age 30 to 40. We have a female age 30 to 40, wife of the mayor, whose name is Gert. We have a male, age 12, Curtis. And I don't know that I gave the... Oh, Yubi is uh, age 20 to 30. So there's your character breakdown. So I don't know if I agree with the fact that Santa is 50 to 60. I always thought of Santa at least another 10 years older. I mean, Santa's I'm not in my 60s timeless. Yet. Isn't yeah, Santa it, like in his hundreds? Yes, what I'm saying. <laughs> I, in, in reality, he is... But, you know, to play the character, I would think you're going to need to look. I would have thought 60 to 70. You know, some bearded thing. Absolutely. I really can't do Santa very well at all. I'm not jolly enough. And I'm always, uh, my non-verbal communication on my face is really pitiful. (laughs) Holding kids on my lap that I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why anybody would want to be a Santa for Christmas. It's really, I have... I've done it a lot, <laughs> amazingly, just because I have a lot of Santa characteristics physically. Uh, but other than that, 
That being said, I, I think this will be, a, a, once again, another great show. Doesn't have a great ring to it uh, as far as people knowing the name. But, but when they hear Harry Connick Jr., and that's right. I think that's going to just bring I people think that, in. That's a big winner. Uh, and I think the fact that there's the word elf in it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be big. And, and just hearing that it's something new. You know, right. it's nice to have something fresh and that people haven't heard of, but is also, you know, from this millennia. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. And that makes the music, the music has different texture to it because of that. I mean, there's different harmonies inside of it. I was, I was pretty pleased by that. Of course, I'm a Harry Connick Jr. fan. I'm a pianist myself. And uh, so I, I like what he does and how he that plays. That guy can just that. do anything. Yeah, he's Sing, got a, act, compose. He's and, got some great... You know, and he's got some great Sinatra vibes mm-hmm. when he plays. And for me, I just like that that type of jazz with it. So, Well, I'm really excited for yeah. the lineup. I am on board 100%. Well, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Well, let's talk about some of the things, uh, other things that the Lyric is doing, like the kids' camps, which my children have been involved in multiple years. Multiple and they years. Are, they're, they're wonderful opportunities for the kids in the community, whether you have been in theater or not been in theater, I mean, you can just see the growth in kids who start and finish. By the end, there it's like they're just. I, I new think kids. we're. I think we're going to hit. I think this is our fifteenth year of kids summer theater workshops uh, at the Lyric. And we have kids now who were in the early years and in the middle years, and they're now doing theater work in their home place of, of Timbuktu, Iowa, or Chicago, or uh, California out in, out in Los Angeles, or in Georgia. I, we're kind of pleased and just amazed at what kids are doing now. And you're a good example of a mom who probably saw uh, some kids who just blossomed. Absolutely. I mean, just In couldn't surprise. even believe. Oh, I mean, I, I, going from, from a son who, you know, just kind of, you know, talks at home and that thing to doing karaoke in front of a huge crowd, yes. I mean, just came and, out and of his shell. He and only wanted to do tech yeah, I remember his first year, he's going to just do tech things. And then the next year, he was like on stage. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> yes. Look at that kid go. Look at That's go. what theater, I always say, theater, there is a place for everyone in theater. That's what's so one, That's why I love it so much, because you don't have to be out on stage. You can be behind the scenes. You can do costuming. You can do uh, stage building. And then you might start looking around and noticing, well, maybe I do want to try that. And you can start out with a tiny role. And next thing you know, you can be, you know, a lead. It's yes, amazing. you can start off being uh, what the Pharaoh's wife, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're, you've got singing roles in Johnny Cash. You know, I mean, literally. And and I I was just on another podcast this morning. The guy who does concerts and he was well, aren't you in demand? Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and um, but we were talking about the camaraderie that is theater and what that is for players mm-hmm. and the the space and the family that happens and with people that uh, who they are so accommodating and unbiased unjudgmental about you and who you are that it's one of those 
those pleasant surprises for people in a world where that just doesn't happen very often. Absolutely. Theater is very freeing. Yes. And it's, uh, it's one of those places that you will hang with people during a theater rehearsal period for a show that you will never in your life hang out with normally. Not because you don't like them. It's just not part of who you are. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the time you get to go away to college and then all of a sudden you become a different person. I mean, that happens so often with kids when they get out of the environment that they've been in. Sure. Uh, And it's, you know, for adults, it's important that we remember to continue doing that too. Well, stepping out of our comfort zone. That's right. In general. It should be a part of living life. Yes. On a regular basis. And uh, you, do, you just don't get it. You, you don't get it in churches. You don't get it in uh, community clubs. You just don't get that. It's, it's something that's just, it's kind of like that miracle moment that yeah. happens between people. And I said it this morning. I said, I'm, I'm just shocked. This guy asked me, he was talking about me being a minister. He goes, now I know that you've been a minister, blah, blah, blah. I said, yes, for like 30 plus years now. I said, but I will say this is more ministry to me. In the, in the fact that what this environment does for people and their mental and emotional health is, is dramatic. Incredibly I, dramatic. I think if you ask the, the regulars, that is the reason. You know, when, you, you, when you've been out of a show for a while, you feel like, ooh, I, I got to get back in. I, I know it's, it's good for you. It's good I for your emotional I want to be accepted. I, that's right. And, uh, and that's, that's the way the world should be. And so it's, it becomes a little idealistic, but at the same time, it is, it is honest to goodness what happens among the players who are a part of a show. And there's a group of you're going to be different with the people that when you did Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat and you were the Pharaoh's wife, okay? Right. Uh, that group of people are still special people to you. 100%. But it's going to be different than the people that you were with when you did Johnny Cash, Absolutely. And that show. And so uh, it, it, there's just something about that bonding and those moments that, that happen. I, I think it's just wonderful. And I think there's nothing uh, that I enjoy or appreciate most. We need to get these last three shows in. Okay. What about I got our last three shows? Um, so the kids shows are going to be the older kids theater camp, which is from kids entering seventh grade, uh, to kids exiting high school, uh, is going to be Susical. Uh, I think they're going to love that. Yeah. Like John, the, no, I almost said John Philip Sousa, but that's not the Susical. Are you talking about like Dr. John Seuss? Seuss? Dr. Seuss. Yes. Oh, a Susical. A Susical, that's right. It's Disney's Susical is what it is. And then uh, the younger kids are going to do Disney's Aristocats. Oh, yeah. that's a fun show, too. Yeah, I haven't I think heard of, of Susical, but Aristocats I have. How exciting for both. Susical's a pretty popular show, but there is a Susical Junior, and we're going to be able to put that on the show. And then uh, one of our diverse shows that we're going to do for the kids, this is that we're getting ready to do now, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Uh, that's going to be the kids show for all the kids in the area. It's it's adults playing a show for kids. Uh, it's going to be an original work by Dr. Nicholas Ewing, uh, Wind in the Willows. Uh, and so it's from the book Wind Wonderful. in the Willows. And so he's adapting it for the stage and uh, he's be- he is becoming quite the playwright. And oh, so, he, he absolutely is. Yes. A- 
love working with Nick. Yes, you got to. That, I've said yes. Johnny Cash about twelve times, <laughs> which is twelve <laughs> more times than any one sentence that I would have ever normally done. But yes, and Nick is also a tremendous director. And he's also a tremendous actor, uh, actor, mm-hmm. singer. He can do any no more, no more things. We and he's keep, a nice guy. That's right. He is a guy's guy. <laughs> yeah, okay? he's, he's a nice guy. Uh, so all that kind of stuff that you've heard our entire year now. So well, I think I'm pumped about it. Uh, matter of fact, we hope to announce 2024, be able to have it set by uh, the end of February this year, the next year. And because we're just in the work ahead, we're still behind. When I talk to other people in the, the downtown area trying to get things on calendars, and um, so now I'm going to have to plan a year when other people haven't planned their year yet. They I, can I, plan around us. Well, if they would. <laughs> if they only would. But as we, as we grow and as we continue to find a, a good, healthy popularity, I think that the reality of that potential is strong. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Well, I appreciate it. This has been a wonderful reveal party. You've had great (laughs) nonverbal communication over there. So you're making me feel good about this election. (laughs) Yeah. Exciting. I know that folks are going to be so happy to listen and to get out and audition and our patrons are going to be very excited and ready to get those tickets. So, so, uh, I, I think, Paul will probably have this up here by the end of this week and then we're going to have it up for the patrons for ready for tickets for purchase and the patron packages where uh, they can go in and get their seats and all that we're also going to have that Christmas gifts we're going to have that uh, that concert series and so we're going to announce that uh, on a different podcast but we'll be able to another reveal something else to look forward to this is the sacred chalice from Adam's family's past Firm in my DJ Dallas, held fast, die-cast. Here in his sweet libation, salvation resides. Thanks for listening to Waxing Lyrically, sponsored by the one and only Teddy's Brewhouse in downtown Bronwood. Full disclosure, it's a game that we play. Let your darkest secrets give you away. If you enjoyed our podcast, why not share it with a friend? This is your announcer, Kurt Schneider, wishing all Brownwood Lyric Theater lovers a great day. See you next time. Full disclosure, it's a hell of a thing. Once a favorite of the late day joking. Doesn't matter if you're right or left wing. We love this full disclosure. Let's hear from Fester, the chalice. I am in love. Fester! You're probably thinking, what could a fat, bald person of no specific sexuality know about love? But I, too, am in love. Fester loves. Oh, Fester, who is it? The moon. Full disclosure! Disclosure. Just embrace it and swoon. Embrace and swoon. All from grace have fall in love with the moon. He loves that moon. Close your sermon with a signature tune. And call it full disclosure. Well, wasn't that interesting? Alice, it's late. Uh, thank you for a very instructive evening. No, it's my turn. Wednesday? Excellent. Wednesday has a full disclosure. The chalice. Yes. <laughs>
Now with a dash of potion, my sister blows her cool. Hopefully in slow motion, she'll drop, she'll drool. Want some of that rimonium, and then she will change. Boy, oh boy, her full disclosure's gonna be strange. Full disclosure! What a moment of pride! La, 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 la. Now our eldest child can share what's inside. La, 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 la. Full disclosure!